My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have the honor and deep privilege of speaking with Anna Ferrari. And I met Anna on one of the, I I believe it was when you came on, I was hosting a a grounding seminar through three PGs. And then Anna's come on. Um, we do a uh, monthly pro or weekly program called Heartfelt Presence. And Anna comes on. And when I listen to her, it's like time stops because I feel like truth comes out. And um, I'm humbled by her. So it's with my great honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anna. That's a lovely introduction. I appreciate that. How how did you, um, we're both, uh, I don't know if the right word is, we've both been introduced to the three principles. And the three principles for people who don't know it, it's um, Sid Banks had an insight and it's about mind consciousness and thought. And we've both been looking in this direction. And how did you come across it? I am... I think we have this in common as well, Anna. We, I, I was introduced to them by Michael Neal, mm. um, The Inside Out Revolution, beautiful little book. And, of course, he, he mentions Sidney Banks um, in the book. And in this time in, in history, we can, we can just type on a keyboard a name, and then we have more information. So... I went to Google and or YouTube, and I found some videos from Sid, and and I, you know, I always felt like I had this nose for truth. I could smell truth. I could feel it, and I could just, you know, and I felt something. Um, it took me another two years to really do a deep dive into what it meant and for everything to come crashing down and in the in the realization that um, what I found was fundamentally <laughs> the, the last piece of my puzzle, you know, the, the end of my seeking, the end of my search. So, yeah, it just always comes with a beautiful feeling, that truth. Um, And it was lovely to come as well, not only to a teaching, but to a community. Did you have a realization? Did you see it? I have a few realizations um, before um, being introduced to the principles. But one of the realizations that made a big impact in my life is one of one of the realizations that Sidney Banks talks about, which is the past doesn't exist anymore. Mm. I remember clearly I was standing in a window overlooking a beautiful city and 
and I had this spontaneous feeling, ah, the thought doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. So it cannot define me. So moving forward, oh, I can wow. be whatever I want to be. Wow. When you said that, what I felt is it went from this like solid thing to just complete open space. Exactly. That's that was exactly my feeling because in the before that I thought, well, this is my past, and as such, I can only attain or achieve so much because of it. But then when I realized that it didn't exist anymore that it was only kept alive by me thinking about it. Mm. It could not define me. So it was up to me. So my mind felt really open. And when the next thought came about, you can be whatever you want. I just felt this massive field of opportunity. Wow. So it's been a lovely exploration, you know, who do I want to be? <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry, that's really funny because it's like, well, it gets to be made up. Exactly, it all gets to be made up. And at the same time, none of those things that I can make up are going to give me what I really want. So eventually, that who do I want to be? my ego was a little bit in charge of that. It wanted to be these or that because it wanted to be happy. Mm. So I, I went into a bit of an, an achieving journey where I would achieve something. They would be like, yay. And then it will pass. And then I needed to achieve something bigger and then it will pass. So there was no lasting feeling of contentment or happiness in that achievement. And as I keep listening to see it, I keep coming to the to the group conversations. I keep listening to all the teachers and getting familiar with the beautiful feeling that I already have. I realized that I was looking for something that I already had, but I was looking for it in the wrong place. So it's as simple as that. It's, that's the beauty of this teaching. It's, it's not happiness. Is is easy to find when you look for it in the right place and so I was looking for it away from me what do you when you say that um uh, so somebody's going to be listening to this and my wish is that they know what place to look in and you've clearly seen it so can you clearly uh show what place you were looking in and what place you found that you, when you looked there, it was, it was there, the happiness. Hmm. Well, the place where I was looking for was in the, in the world of form. I was looking for, um, first of all, what is that I was looking for? I was looking for happiness. I was looking for contentment and peace of mind, satisfaction. And I was looking for it in the world of form. I was looking for them in my, in my work, my relationships. 
my um, image achievements, all of those things. And those mm-hmm. things will give me, you know, satisfaction or happiness, but then it would, it would pass. So it was the happiness, it wasn't the happiness, it wasn't the lasting happiness, the lasting feeling. And then I realized, okay, that's what I want. I want a feeling that lasts. I want something that sticks. Mm. And along comes Sydney Banks and says, if you're looking for happiness, if you're looking for contentment, if you're looking to have a peaceful and loving life, paraphrasing here, you're looking for yourself, your inner self, the essence of who you are. And then I had a big light bulb moment where it's like, oh my God. When I looked towards this space inside my heart, let's 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 say there. <laughs> when when I looked towards the feeling of contentment for no reason, it's already there. And only my thinking can shadow or temporarily um, cast, overcast that feeling. But that feeling, it's inside of me from the moment I came to the world. If you look at a child, a child is, even when a child is setting up, you know, splitting up a tantrum, they're still not, they're not in resistance of it. That is taught to the child that the tantrum should stop. And, but when a child is putting up a tantrum, he's not, he doesn't stop being happy. Hmm. Say more about that. Well, a child, the, when we are children, we don't have a judgment over some things being good and some things being bad. We just are. We hmm. just have a way of being. And then we learn from the world that this is not acceptable and you should not, you should stop it. Or go and have a cookie. <laughs> you know, what <laughs> so we learn to judge how we feel, to make meaning of how we feel, and believe that if we feel a certain way, it must mean something about us. And then the whole journey of psychological um, analyzing uh, <laughs> begins. But the, the beauty of who we are is always within. And by within, there is that thoughtless space that we, we touch. So I have a question for you. As I, can, as I sit here and listen to you, I can feel the good feeling. I can feel the contentment. And I can feel the peace. And I have nothing, I don't have anything on my mind. And um, why I'm asking this question is because I really do want somebody, I mean, my, my wish, my desire would be that somebody hears this and it impacts them. Like they can feel it too. And, and I know the questions that I always get is, well, how do I get here? And what have you seen about that? Because you're, I just am curious what you've seen about that. Yeah. That's another beautiful teaching from Sidney Banks. We, we don't get there. We are already there. 
but we have a very active mind. Our personal mind is really busy, and from the moment we came out of our mother, <laughs> we've been looking outside. We've been looking away from us, and we rarely are aware that we rarely look towards ourselves. We look at the wall, but we don't look at what's looking. So that's that's what I would call to go within, to go inside is remember that everything you see cannot be you because you're the one seeing it. So when you turn to look towards you, towards the scene that you are, something happens that it cannot be described because it may be different for each one of us. And of course, there is always the mind and the that the mind will be like, okay, but I don't get it yet. That's okay. <laughs> you can let your mind be exactly as it is. And as you relax, you will start feeling that feeling that is already inside of you. Like there is, you know, there is this magma at the core of earth. Well, that mm -hmm. feeling is at the core of who we are. It cannot be, um, it cannot not be there. So as, a, as our mind's quiet, that feeling kind of like, uh, has the space to show up because thinking and thought fills every every gap of our mind sometimes. Imagination, memory, uh, projections, it's all thinking and thought. So when there is a bit of a settling of the mind, there is that opening for true self, true essence to kind of shine through like if there is a really highly overcast day and then the clouds kind of like sparse and then there's this um, sun breaking through. Our true nature can break through the thick layer of thinking. And it has, for all of us, it has at some point or another, but it's been a, it's, we, we thought it was the sunset. <laughs> The sunset gave me that feeling. No, the feeling was inside of us. And because our mind uh, becomes more relaxed in the presence of beauty, then our true essence just came through. And and we, and since then, we've been chasing sunsets. <laughs> I have never heard anybody say this, what you just said, that our mind relaxes in front of beauty. I have never heard that. And it, I could feel the truth. Like you talked earlier, you have a nose for truth. I I never say that before. <laughs> That's the beauty of this. But at the same time, I know what it's like to have a very busy mind where beauty doesn't, you don't, you don't see it. So there is, there is different um, shades to, to, to that. Um, I think it's it's harder for the mind to become, you know, the mind is, the personal mind is very self-involved. It's me, 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 my, I, I should, I shouldn't. So when you are, in, that's, I think that's nature. When nature with its beauty just is in front of you, it's really hard to, to keep on thinking about yourself. <laughs> And that's that's what um, creates this uh, opportunity for 
to yourself to shine because it just is. There is no there is no personal in there. It is it is impersonal. So the beauty will uh, relax your mind as as long as you don't keep thinking about yourself. <laughs> you could be in front of a beautiful sunset, but if you are extremely busy and worrying your mind, thinking about your your issues, your stuff, what to do about this, you probably won't be able to see it at all. Oh, it's true, right? Yeah. I remember one time I was talking to Dickon, and when I was in um, college, I was an art history major, and I saw Rothko paintings, Charles Rothko, or I think that was his friend's name. Anyway, and I just started weeping. And he said, well, some people wouldn't see that, but I was so taken back by it. And I thought it was the Rothko painting, but it was just that I was awake and touched by life. You know, I didn't have anything going on in me, about me. It's interesting, you just said something, and I've seen it at a deeper level in this moment, that my mind, my thinking is so personal. It's all about me, 7 by 24. And I don't know why I've not seen it so clearly until right now. And how exhausting it is. <laughs> Yes, and that's one thing that we saw recently as well. We were having a conversation in Heartful Prisons, and, um, and you know, most of us have, told, have been taught that, you know, speaking about what's going on for us is important and, and communicating to others what is, uh, what is going on with us fosters connection. But in reality, it only makes us self-centered. And every time I make the, the small personal self the center of my world, I'm shrinking into that place where I'm a little a little speck in the big universe and and I feel vulnerable. So that's that's the me. I think what was a coach to say to me there, I hear a lot of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being a me is such a gift in all of it. I like what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing more these days is just listening with such compassion and understanding, and even compassion when I get caught in my head. Yes. Like there's nothing wrong. Like I do that. That's the best, you know, that's the other thing. This this understanding is basically like a, like a blueprint of how the mind works. So it's impersonal. When you get caught up, when I get caught up in my mind, it's just like the paper getting jammed on the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> There is no fault or blame or need for guilt. It's just, uh, you know, taking taking the the left when we should have gone right. But there is no harshness of judgment. It's just it's just something that happens to all of us. 
from time to time, especially because there is a big change now in, in the understanding of how the mind works. Um, there has been, it's been coming for, for a while, even, you know, the cognitive therapy, um, they, they see that is the thoughts creating how we feel. But the principles takes us deeper into realizing that we are of a spiritual nature. Yeah. And I, I just want to clarify for people if they're hearing that, what that means is that there's an intelligence that's larger than us that is creating the show that we're a part of. I may think I'm in charge, but I, I'm just a bit player in this whole orchestration of life. <laughs> That's beautiful. Exactly that, the intelligence behind life, because there is intelligence and we don't look for it. It may go un unseen and that's what I believe has been happening for us as, as a species. We we uh, rely so much in thinking in the intellect that we forget that there is a lot of stuff that happens without thinking and without intellectualizing. And that thoughtless energy is not dumb; it's extremely smart. It can it can grow an oak tree. <laughs> it can grow a baby. Yeah, that, that's my favorite. As I say, I don't need a spreadsheet for how to put my arms on my babies when they were being developed in my womb. There was no yeah. spreadsheet. Okay, it's time for the liver. <laughs> how amazing is that? So looking towards the magic of life, the essence of life, the flow of life, that always creates... Um, depending on where you are and in, in how busy your mind, uh, it creates a, a, a sense of wonder. And that sense of wonder is a beautiful feeling. Well, that's like, I think, the children's mind. You know, before responsibility and all this intellectual, it's kind of wondering, like, like I'm, I'm looking out my window and I'm seeing the first... Um, blooms of my hydrangeas and my lilacs forming mm. and a month ago it was completely bare and I haven't done anything about that you know how does that happen that's just in wonder and the same energy that is flowing through your hydrangeas is flowing through you and through me and through my cat and yeah. It's all happening in that flow of life. Hmm. And we can, we have this me, this um, personal self to live this life, you know. We have separate bodies, so that means if you want to go left and I want to go right, there is no conflict. <laughs> right. But we're of one energy. So I'm curious, since you've had this understanding, how has it impacted your life? I was impacted uh, uh, around 10, 
by now it will be more like 15 years ago, I was impacted by realizing that who would I be without my thoughts? Um, I did, uh, at the time, I did Byron Katie, the work of Byron Katie. And I was, the first time I did a, a questionnaire, one of her questions is, who would you be without that thought? And when I asked myself, I just felt like if I've been all my life in a dark and moldy room and all of a sudden a door opened into a beautiful garden. Mm. And that changed me. I started to be more aware of what thought was doing. And God, this was toxic. This mm. this was the pain-making machine, my own my own personal mind was a, a pain-making machine for myself. So that impacted me in a way that I was not afraid of experiences anymore because I knew that the worst that can happen, it was a thought. Mm-hmm. And I tested that. I tested that through really tough life circumstances. And... The gut-wrenching feeling of pain was always coming from the stream of thoughts that were they were very painful and personal. So through those times, I would write on paper everything that I was thinking, and I would just it would be clear to me that the pain was coming from my thoughts. And circumstances were still a challenge, but there was something holding me and I was aware of that as well I was still in one piece so fast forward to the principles I just I become more and more um, interested in into into looking into the nature of thought how thought Mm -hmm. creates our reality so the impact and at the same time my mind is being quieting and when it's not quiet I know that the feeling I feel is only just letting me know that my mind is busy do you notice it more like I I, for myself yeah I I can feel it that like the distinction as I've deepened into this understanding understand it more there's, you know, drop into the quiet feeling, like the disturbance of my mind, I'm becoming more and more sensitive to it. Yes. And it's more and more painful. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, just in the sense of I notice it sooner and, and you know. It's short-lived. Uh, yeah. It has, there is something to, when, when, when I have a thought, a thinking waterfall, about something that is scary for me. You know, I it, the thoughts come and everything is like, <gasps> you know, there is this panicky moment. And then I, I remember my own advice, which is the first thing is do not panic. I take a breath and I realize, oh, these are my thoughts. There is a residu- residual feeling in the body that has to run its course. So it may last 
But I know how to be with that. I know now how to be with the uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Without trying to find a fix to it. Yeah, my favorite thing I heard from George Pransky was, I've gotten comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Anna, we are running out of time. We're at the end of time. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, I think that being comfortable with the uncomfortable is a beautiful um, thing when you just say that. Another way to say that would be like, for me, it was a, a change when I realized that if I was not invested in feeling good all the time, then I could feel however I felt. I love that. So that would be what I, you know, another way to say what you just said, because yeah. a lot of people will hear, uh, get comfortable with the uncomfortable as a prescription, but it's really not. It's our natural capacity to know how we feel and be okay with how we feel. Yeah. So I definitely think that that's a good, that's a good message to leave people. Um, and the other one is that the past doesn't exist anymore and it cannot define you. Mm. It's not who you are. How beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm very grateful for you too, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. Mm. Thank you. Mm.